1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: It's Reaction
2: Monday Playoff Edition. Presented by Texas Star Grill Shop on Sports Radio 610. Here's Payne and Vendor gas. All
3: right, let's get to it. Let's acknowledge. we got to acknowledge some people for their performances on uh, Saturday, we do this every Monday at this time. Acknowledge me. And let's start right at the top. C.J. Stroud has me. been incredible since he's come back from concussion protocol. He's got a passer rating of over 130 in the three games since he's come back. He's 3-0. and He's got a completion percentage of over 75%. No turnovers, six touchdowns. The Texans had a super clean performance on Saturday where he didn't get sacked. He barely got touched. First rookie to ever lead the NFL in passing yards per game. Youngest starting quarterback ever to guide his team to a playoff win. Tied the record for most passing touchdowns by a rookie in a playoff game. Did it against the NFL's number one defense. His QBR, which is not passer rating. QBR is the ESPN passing grade that gets judged on a scale of 1 to 100. His QBR... You can take it for what it's worth, ninety eight point four in that playoff game. It's the second highest score
2: by any QB in the playoffs since they started tracking this in two thousand six. The whole thing, I'd say, like they they always try to come up with stats that can you know encompass all of the things a quarterback does, and like they've all got huge flaws, but. For old-school passer rating, too, I'd say when they're really good or when they're really bad. That's when it meets the, the eyeball outliers, test. You're like, yeah. there's almost, whenever the it's margins. really good, it's really good. Whenever it's really bad, it's definitely really bad. I agree. So, like, yeah, I accept that one. 98.4, the, looked, yeah, that's, that's what it looked like. Good. That's as close to perfection as you can as you can really get. He was phenomenal, man. And just so everybody knows, like, in the QBR, if you get a 50, that's like your average quarterback. Right. That, that equates to, like, a 9-8 and eight record if yeah. you're 50.
3: That's right, that's right. Um, Here is D'Amico Ryan's on C.J. Stroud.
4: C.J. is the reason why we're in this position. He's special, special young man, special player, continues to shine, no matter how big the moment is. Like, our whole team is leaning on him, and he has the shoulders to carry that weight, and he shows up week after week. He continues to improve week after week. Uh, No moment is too big for him, and when you have a, a young player who can shoulder the load of your team, and the way the team is behind him, the confidence that he gives our entire team, it's so cool to watch, right? Because uh-huh. he's such a special player and, you know, he has a special season and we're looking forward to keep moving on. I
2: would say just real quick about CJ and kind of his his approach to this game. He talked about it afterwards and, and what D'Amico's talked about all week is they just, you know, you keep doing If you've got a good routine... You shouldn't, if you're using a good routine during the season, you shouldn't have to change it in the postseason. That's a Belichick philosophy as well. Um, and all those guys kind of echoed it, and that's what it looked like with CJ. He just went about his business and did everything the right way. But you and Clint did a good job of pointing it out and talking about it with Christian Harris in the post game. There is, I think, also something to, They've got so many guys on this team now that are getting into positions of leadership. Who played at Alabama? Who played at Ohio State? Who played at big time places in big time games? To where, yeah, those guys can recognize big games for what they are. It's like, okay, it's another chance. Just go out and play football. Yeah, and and that's when you get clutch performances. People choke when they start making it into something bigger. It's yeah. already something big. You don't have to add. You don't have to add extra on top of it. Totally, yourself.
3: dude. They, they, there's so many guys in important spots on this roster that have had that mentality ingrained in them. Since setting foot at Ohio State or Alabama, 100. Yeah. Let's get to let's acknowledge to me, Seth, the two individual one-on-one performances that I think defined this win for the Texans. Two star-on-star matchups that the Texans won in a landslide. Laramie Tunsil, we are going me. to acknowledge Laramie Tunsil because he has dominated Miles Garrett all season long, and he's only gone against him for 20 pass-blocking snaps because Miles Garrett ducks him. <laughs> um, but on on he on, on, on <laughs> no, Saturday,
2: Run away. Run
3: on, away. S- on Saturday there were twelve pass blocking snaps. Laramie uh, allowed no sacks, obviously, and one QB pressure, and that was it for Miles Garrett in that game. Here was D'Amico Ryan's on Laramie Tunsil's performance.
4: You can't say enough about LT and you know his performance versus arguably the you know top defensive player in the NFL right now, um, and he's done it time and time again. He's done it. He's had that matchup, you know. We he looked forward to that matchup, and he stands up time and time again. He pushed through there, struggling, fighting through injury, and still battle. And uh, when you have a left tackle who can do that, that allows CJ to shine. That allows us to get the ball off. Right, all starts with protection. And it starts with LT doing a tremendous job today versus
3: Miles, If we're going to acknowledge the statistical greatness of CJ's and actual greatness of CJ Stroud in that game, we must acknowledge Laramie
2: Tunsell I, as well. You know what I have to acknowledge, too, as part of that, Sean? I would say uh, you and me and our strategy of trying to shame Miles Garrett into well, staying call, on the right Seth, side. Let's
3: acknowledge you and me right now. Acknowledge. Thank you.
2: Because, uh, as we pointed out, there were only two times this season where Miles Garrett played more snaps on the left side than on the right side, and yeah. one of them was when he faced – Laramie Tunsil. The other one was when uh, it was in their last game when I I think he just didn't play enough, so it just kind of worked out that way. Um... So like he he definitely was running away from Laramie Tunzel trying to find a more ad- advantageous uh, Charlie Charlie Heck type thing. Where's Fant? Yeah, so <laughs> so I feel like weird job we we're doing it in the pregame. I was just hoping that somebody would hear it in the elevator or in the tunnel and then pass it on to Miles Garrett. So you know, funny. thinking they were helping him out. I'd be like, hey, yeah. these these jokers on the radio were saying that you're scared to face Laramie right. Tunzel. I choose to believe that somebody relayed that message to Miles Garrett and he fell for it and stayed over Laramie Tunzel. Who then thoroughly dominated him, incapacitated oh. him, he wedgied him, he wedged him, he him. He wedgie, swirly. It's not often you see a man of Miles Garrett's stature with his underwear up around That's his right. head.
3: That's right, <laughs> while wearing a football helmet. Yeah. Um, I will say this on morning radio in Cleveland today. Their morning show up there, Ken Carmen, the, the the host, one of the hosts up there. This quote, I jotted it down as I was listening to them in our, in our five o'clock hour. Something's missing with Miles Garrett. Yeah. So he's getting that he's he, getting that rep. He
2: spent uh, he not had being a big game guy. Thirty-two reps on the right side versus uh, seven on the left. Wow. Whereas in the first matchup, he had gone two-thirds of his reps were on the left okay. instead of over Laramie Tunsil. My yeah. God.
3: Yeah. God, don't you want to be a don't don't you want ch- to challenge Miles Garrett? My God. All right, let's get to the other one-on-one matchup that the Texans won in a landslide. If you recall, last time these two teams played. Amari Cooper had 86 catches for 2,418 yards. <laughs> <laughs> um, this time, not he so was, much.
2: He was like he was like O.J. Simpson, <laughs> right? that <laughs> as, as a wide receiver, the, the football player,
3: right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, this time, Derek Stingley Jr. followed Amari Cooper around for mm. most of this game. He was li- Der- let's, so let's acknowledge Derek acknowledge Stingley. Thank me. you. Um, Derek Stingley lined up. This is according to Next Gen stats. <clears throat> across from Amari Cooper on thirty-five of forty-two routes before the Texans sent in the backups. Mm-hmm. Stingley allowed just one reception for minus six yards on three targets as the nearest defender, including two tight windows, whatever mm-hmm. that means. So yeah. <clears throat> bottom line, this was dominance by Derek Stingley Jr. There
2: was and it wasn't like he was just matched up. You know, it's not like they had him play man every single time, but they had it they had the plan for when Amari Cooper went deep that Stingley could pick him up. You know, and there are other like whether they're in zone or man and um, it was it was masterful by D'Amico and Matt Burke. I thought they did a great job, not just of in finally executing it, but also, A, playing possum during the week and acting like, oh, gosh, no, no, that's just not our philosophy. Yeah. That was and so they, Good job, D'Amico. they put it out there. Good job, D'Amico. It's hard for D'Amico to have any kind of mistruth whatsoever. That's you right. Know? You that's a little bit of he probably had to pep himself up for that. You like, know who like, I'm
3: not playing poker with? Yeah. D'Amico Ryans. Mm-hmm. Poker face.
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the
1: all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: And the other part of it I would say is this kind of goes along the lines with having the patience to do things Uh, having the patience to hold back a little bit because I think, I would guess that part of the reason they didn't want to have Derek Stingley mirror the other team's best receiver, you know, they didn't do it in the Jets game with Garrett Wilson, is that Stingley was, A, he's a young player, um, was injured lots of last year, injured for the first chunk of this season, and I think that they had a plan where they just wanted to be sure that he kept having success, that he was, that they were bringing him along, and they didn't want to give him too much too soon and they wanted to be really, really sure of it. That takes that takes a lot of discretion and restraint on the part of a coach. He's I here think. now. And maybe they maybe they came way too close yeah. to waiting too long to do it, but when they pulled the trigger, it they definitely didn't do it too soon.
3: Man, he's been outstanding. Derek Stingley Jr. Hey one other quick acknowledge it's more statistical than anything me. else. The Texans two tight ends, Brevin Jordan and Dalton Schultz they only had two catches between the two of them on Saturday. Could have been three. They, 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 but they only right. They but I'm going to acknowledge the good part. Yes, they only had two catches, but they were both for touchdowns for a combined 113 yards. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. Two catches, 113 yards, and two touchdowns for the Texans' two-headed tight end monster.
2: I'm starting to think was, is is Dalton the kind of uh, uh, receiver who like it needs to be a hard catch. There's just some guys oh, that just maybe. are better he with... makes
3: the hard plays look yeah. easy. Yeah, easy yeah, because play even that hard. touchdown,
2: he, he had to, he had he had to it catch a little it off bit. the deflection. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. tear off his maybe. hands. So, yeah,
3: then, he, then he's mossing DBs in <laughs> yeah, the Tennessee game. Like,
2: <laughs> it's almost... I mean, CJ, he is, When Seth. he's wide open, be sure you gun it way too hard. Yeah, CJ's got a certain amount of touch. Right. Maybe he needs to back off on the touch when, when Dalton's wide open. Man. All right, so that's our acknowledge me. We acknowledge the big performances
3: from over the weekend. C.J. Stroud, Laramie Tunsil, Derek Stingley Jr., the Texans' tight ends, and then ourselves. Yes. Those, <laughs> <laughs> the, the big Finally. The big performances. From,
2: I've been waiting for me and you to acknowledge ourselves all season long. I've been wait, make, waiting to make us part of the story. <laughs> yes, Journalists have, try not to do that. We don't here. care. Yeah. No,
3: now we're here. It's the playoffs. So we got to step things How's up. I was the
2: feature uh, subject in a New York Times article you this were, weekend.
3: You got a lot of compliments. <laughs> By compliments, I mean a couple texts uh,
2: about your quotes in that article. In uh, The Athletic article? Kalen Kaler. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't you. wait to go read it. I haven't... Uh, uh, it was yeah. about D'Amico, right? Yeah, it was about D'Amico. D'Amico. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Cool. Yeah, go find it on The Athletic. Um, all right. Two of the worst things to happen to the Texans in the moment in the, the the last month of the season might have been the two of the best things to kickstart this playoff run. We'll tell you what they are next.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.